Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar, and I'm here today with Mark Sharon. We, along with Stephen Slate, wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. In our podcast, we talk candidly about addiction, and specifically, we debunk the myth of the addiction disease and talk about how you can achieve total freedom from addiction, from substance use habits, and from recovery, from the ongoing recovery. We offer two ways to work with Stephen, Mark, and myself, and that is in person at our private retreat or via Skype. Our books are available at thefreedommodel.org or on Amazon or one of the other online retailers. And if you have questions and want to reach us, you can call us at 888-424-2626 or send us an email at info at thefreedommodel.org. You can also follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Today, we're talking with our friend Danny Wyke, who found the Freedom Model about two years ago. He's going to tell us a bit about how and why he came upon the Freedom Model and how his life has changed since reading it and talking to us. Welcome. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, This is Mark. Before before we get into that, though, I want to talk a little bit. I want to make an announcement uh, about Danny. Um, He's going to be the, the new director of... Uh, Freedom Model Private Instruction, and uh, that's a big deal because um, we're going to be uh, announcing um, some work we're going to be doing with uh, a detox center that's going to also um, work with Freedom Model Private Instruction um, and as, as an aftercare sort of scenario where, where people get the support they need after detox. And um, but, but more than that, I I want to talk about my friend Danny Wyke, who um, I met a few years ago, and we we talked about uh, uh, private instruction, and and he instantly saw that that's that's the model of the future. You know, there will always be a need for people to leave their their situations when when the heat gets too heavy from substance use, when there's so many problems at home that they have to go. So our retreats will always be needed. But the truth of the matter is there's a whole host of people out there, thousands of people that that can't leave their homes. They can't just pack up and go for two to four weeks and, and learn the freedom model in a residential setting. That's just the reality. Um, and so we designed, actually eight years ago, we started teaching uh, people at home via Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, uh, and sometimes over the phone even the, uh, via conference call. And email, I actually have done it by email with people. Yep, yep. We've done it in different countries. We've, mm-hmm. we've, uh, at this point, we can only do English-speaking countries, but eventually we'll have translations and translators and 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 instructors that and presenters that can do it uh, with different different languages. But we're just not there yet. But it's this this model, this private instruction model has been uh, become more popular, especially with social media outlets out there, that um, people realize, oh, this is something I want. I want the freedom model. I want to I wanna learn it, but, but I, I can't leave home to do that. So um, it's really exciting to watch this grow. And um, certainly on social media, our presence has, has gained some steam and, and people are excited. So we've, we've uh, now... Um, partnered with Danny and he is he's going to be joining Baldwin Research and he's going to take over that division and but I want him to tell his story about how he found uh, the freedom model and his story has some parallels with both Michelle's and mine where 
where treatment was, uh, his experience in treatment was somewhat limited and in some respects not that productive. And then he sought out something better. But I'll let him tell that story. So Danny, why don't you tell a little bit about how you, you found us? Yeah, thanks, Mark. I um, struggled for probably 30 to 35 years with, with drugs and alcohol, starting when I was 14 years old. And I uh, didn't recognize it as a problem in the beginning, of course. I was just partying. Um, and as I graduated college and moved on um, into to the professional world, um, I thought, you know, you, you go to work all day and you come mm-hmm. home and you drink in the evening. That's just what you do, isn't it? And, sure. and it started off pretty strong and, and it was good at, it, fairly good at both of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we were all good at that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then I realized it was interfering and causing some problems at home and, and uh, got a lot of other people telling me that as well. Um, so, so I, I, uh, went to AA, uh, for about nine months, almost a year. And, um, it, it was probably more discouraging than it was encouraging. So that's why I left after a number of months. And, um, and then it was probably, it went through about another 10 years of, of struggling and not really understanding my choices and, and, and decisions on, on my substances. And, and, um, and so I actually had an intervention in 2009 and went away to a 10 month long program. And, um, it was, um, I would say there were some really good things that came out of it, but I don't think they really had that much to do with my struggle. Mm. Uh, they were more on a spiritual level. Um, God did some amazing things, but, you know, they told me for 10 months they were going to give me the tools to walk this out. And to this day, I, I don't know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and what, what the tools. Y- yeah. <laughs> and, and what resulted were a lot of unanswered questions that I just chose to put on the shelf as I trusted the experts. You know, right. I'm just going to put them on the shelf and whether they get answered or not, I'm sober today and, and uh, I'm going to be okay. And, and then I had some struggles after I got out of, out of there. Now, now, I want to back up though. So you went to a treatment center that was both faith-based. This is, this is for the listeners out there because they don't have, they don't know your background. So, so it was both faith-based and treatment. It's sort of that mixed model. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, so there were spiritual aspects. So you grew up uh, in the South, correct? I, I grew up in Virginia, but I've been in the South for the last 20 years, yeah. Okay, so so you're in sort of the Bible Belt, and so that's part of your faith, that's part of your life. Um, and and so you sought out a treatment center that had that, that backing, correct? Definitely so, looking for that component. Okay, and then, uh, so that had value for your personal faith, but the treatment end, when it came to the substance use, was kind of, you know, what are these tools they keep talking about? Is it just meetings? I mean, is that what they taught you? I'm almost, I'm almost grateful that I didn't know then what I know now because I definitely wouldn't have stayed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have stayed for the, for the details that, that he shared with me. I mean, again, I, the, the, the biggest thing, my takeaway from there was I had a much deeper relationship with God. Uh, and again, coming back to the tool component to it, what they walked through and, and, and their understanding of what needed to happen with my struggle with drugs and alcohol, um, I just know it not to be true. I mean, I, it's, I guess got to say it point blank. It's, it's what they were teaching. I know not to be true now. So, so the the disease concept. Yeah, once always. Once you get, you know, you're always going to be an addict, and you're always going to struggle, and you're going to have to guard yourself from triggers and all these things that you got to watch out for because they're going to influence and control your decision making and all this sort of thing. Did they recommend meetings? It was kind of an unsaid, but yeah, I mean, okay. it, it was felt that the, the smart guys that leave here will do meetings and and, okay. and, and have that as part of their because I, I wonder about that with the religious. I mean, do they just recommend church? 
right. you know, or, or so it was kind of an unspoken, you go to support group meetings. You know, I, I have, um, I've been in touch with them since, and I've seen the, the, the model kind of change over the years. And now it's sort of, they say, and this was from somebody who's on the board of one of the organizations. He said, now we tell people, all right, you're ready to go, get plugged into a church, get a support group right. and move on. Okay. And so, even he and, said that that's, that's not really working that great. Right, right, because there, it's actually just recovery, perpetual recovery disease model in new clothes. So, it is. So it's a subtle, and see, that's the thing about treatment that is, that is so discouraging, the state of treatment today, and that is, it's all half-speak. It's all this, it's the same thing as AA, just subtly sold. They know they can't sell it on the front end as you're going to be perpetually screwed. Right? right, because that means your model sucks, <laughs> right, and doesn't work. Right, right. So it becomes a sort of subtle sales technique of, yeah, you know, you 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 need you're gonna need support because you are fragile. We're not some... sure what that's gonna be though. You yeah. can try this and you can try this and you know you you obviously have Jesus. So right. I mean, not mocking that, but but that's kind of with that model. That it's like a hodgepodge of, you know, you're grasping at, you know, we really aren't sure how you're going to stay sober, but we want you, we think you should try all of these things. Right, right. It's the, that, that sort of buffet style, just throw everything out. And, and a lot of it becomes about marketing speak. So it sounds like that's, that's sort of where it was at for you. Yeah, it was. And, and I think my biggest struggle with that is, 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 is along the lines of what you just said, and that is your sobriety and you're walking this out is dependent on being in a good church and having yep. a support group. And um, I think, you know, having good community is, is great. And I think being in a great church is great. But I think when you take that next step and say your sobriety and you're walking this out is dependent on those two things, you're setting people up for frustration and failure. That's really, really smart. Yeah, that, that's correct. That's correct. Because part of the problem is, is that when you sell it that way, when you present it that way, and I've said this for many years, when you mix religion with this model, it becomes enormously confused. It's very confused. Because it's a brand of God that gets, that gets watered down into a Santa Claus God. Yep. And that is, you have to do this, this, and this, and he might grant you sobriety. That's what the AA model always was, yeah. and that cheapens the religious aspect. I, you know, and that's one of the things with the freedom model. I want to be clear about this: is we let religion be religion, yes. Right? Because I grew up Catholic, I believe in God, I I am one of the co-founders of the freedom model, but I don't inject my personal relationship with God into the freedom model, and because that's. I, how can I explain or or provide that to other people? I can't do that. I let the churches do what they do. I let the psychiatrists do what they do. I let the detoxes do what they do because they're the experts in those three arenas. And what the freedom model does is freeze you simply with facts. And the facts are that there's no disease, so there's no need for treatment. That's not to say you don't need detox if you're physically dependent. But you don't need psychological treatment. What you need is to have all the the myths of the disease concept debunked so that you can just move on. And I think that's what, is that what you discovered, uh, Danny, when you read the PDF? Talk about reading the PDF and what happened. Yeah. So picking up where we, in my, in my story. Um, so I struggled, I made some mistakes along the line. Um, 
And this then is after you after left. the program, yeah, after after the, the the treatment that I went to, and uh, and then it was about two years ago when uh, a buddy called me who was struggling with alcohol, and he had been doing some searching on the internet and found the Freedom Model in the St. Jude Retreat, and he asked mm-hmm. me to check it out. So he sends me the email that you all sent him in the beginning, which had an attached PDF, which is more of an outline and uh, a breakdown of it, a very short version. And and all of a sudden, I, I, I remember looking at it and thinking, at first I thought, you started talking about a five-week retreat. And I thought, five weeks? What the heck happens in five weeks? There's no way anything good can happen <laughs> in just five weeks, right? Because you went through 10 I months. I went through 10 months, you know, almost a year. So I'm thinking, oh, there's no, no freaking way. So I shut the email. It was about <laughs> lunchtime. But then I'd given this guy my word that I was going to take a look at it. And and um, so that later that night, I opened up the PDF. It's about 1030. My wife's trying to get ready for bed. And I'm yelling across the house at her, listen to this. Can you freaking believe this? And I mean, mm-hmm. all these ans- all answers to all these questions that I had put on the shelf are getting answered. And what's interesting, you know, just you were talking about God and how you, yeah. you separate the two and that sort of thing. For me, it was the opposite because not not that the, the truth and the facts don't stand alone, but in, in, in Christianity, we talk about our identity and who we are in Christ. Mm. And this is the first thing that I've ever seen that actually lines up with that true identity. Mm, it right. was mind-blowing for me. Right. It, it, and, right. and when I talk to people about it, um, you know, I can talk to non-believers and believers alike, and I can answer their questions when I talk about it because it's truth and it's factual, and it also backs up our identity and who we are. Right. And, and so it's just so powerful on so many different levels to me. So... So, but anyhow, so I read the PDF. Um, I get up the next morning, literally next day. I call here. Um, I think it was Carla that I spoke to, put me in touch with Stephen. Stephen called me back within 15 minutes. And I tell him, hey, I'm in the midst of trying to help people that struggle, and I've got this. I'm actually getting ready to go start a program like the one I went through because I knew I wanted to help people. I'm selling my house. My house is on the market. I'm selling my business. Everything is headed towards helping people. And I tell Stephen, hey, I'm getting ready to start this program. I've read this PDF, and it's got to be part of this. This is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. And Stephen, in his call, cool demeanor, says, <laughs> hey, I recommend you get the book. Uh, if you feel still still feel strongly about it, then give Mark a call, and, and uh, let's see where it goes. So being a slow leader, it only took me about six months to get through the book. <laughs> well, I mean, I had a lot going on at the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah. but... Um, I, I got through the book, and, and literally the next day I called you. Um, you were you were out of the office. Called me back the following Monday, and that's where it all began. You know, um, Annie and I came up here once in September. We met for a few days, and then um, came up again in November. Spent about ten days together, just strategizing, trying to figure out if and where my role would be uh, in this in this in this endeavor. And um, after a year's worth of investigating and processing and me figuring out how, how I can do it financially and that sort of stuff, we realized it doesn't really matter. We've got to move forward, and, and I'm going to be a part of this. And so I'm honored um, to, to be a part of this and, and um, in my new role with, with the Freedom Model, and uh, can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think that, that for the listeners out there, what, what Danny is going to be doing is uh, he's going to be our point person for the public, and um, and also uh, he's he's now certified to instruct and present the model. We've spent uh, really now over a month training. If you put it all together, the time well, we it's spent really here. honestly been like almost two years. Yeah, <laughs> I never, like over a year, just yeah. over a year. Yeah, um, 
but formal training is is, mm-hmm. is it's a lot of time. Well, and I you know I read the book and finished uh, September of two thousand eighteen, uh, but then I also I did I did private instruction with Stephen. Yeah, I mean that mm-hmm. was the clincher for me because there were still some things that I needed help That's understanding. Right, did. Yeah. I did absolutely mm-hmm. did. I needed some some help understanding things, and of course he did a phenomenal job of laying it out for me and helping clarify. What I, I didn't understand, and I think that's really the true value of private instruction is uh, there's a lot of information in there, and there's a lot to, to to walk through and understand. And and somebody that's that's been in it for a period of time can really help you wrap your mind around the facts and the truth that are in there. Yeah, well, I think that that a lot of times the most difficult part of understanding what the freedom model represents is the research. It's just memorizing all the little ins and outs of what provides the foundation of the model itself. And, and what, it, what is the model? The model is the fact that you are totally capable on your own of making a decision and changing your preference uh, for, for substances and then moving on without perpetual recovery. That's a huge, huge divergence from anything treatment-oriented, right? You're basically taking the foundation of treatment and you're killing it. You're just getting rid of it. There is no disease of addiction end of story. So you go through chapters that that dismantles that. So you have to have that information which Danny was trained on. But but there's but there's more to it than that. It's it's the foundation of how humans are motivated. It's the foundation of um, the fact that uh, you don't need perpetual recovery that you can choose not to be triggered with things, mm-hmm. right? That that the mind really is a powerful instrument to proactively guide your life. And also what is this idea of moving on? From addiction, moving on is like uh, the one of the best analogies I can use is when you ride your bicycle your whole life and then you get your driver's license, you don't get in a car and say I'm I'm going to get in this car so I don't ride my bicycle anymore, you know. And recovery is this idea that I have to do these other things so I don't get high anymore. Right. And what we do in the freedom models, we just separate it and say. You don't have to tie the two together. Moving on doesn't have to be, I'm moving on so I don't get high. It can be, I'm moving on. That's it. I'm moving on. It's like you're driving in the car out the driveway and and going to your girlfriend's house and you're not looking at the bicycle anymore. So you really can have this this whole situation uh, change in your life. So those ideas had to be presented to Danny and others that are being trained in the model now as well. You know, it's funny, you talk about moving on. When I got out of treatment in 2010, um, I wanted nothing more than to just move on. I mean, I just, I wanted to move on. And I, it, You must have really wanted to move on because it was 10 months of being away from your family, too. I, I wanted to reestablish relationships with my wife, with my kids. Uh, I knew the difficulty of being gone for that long. Uh, it, you don't you don't just come back and everything's the same. There's there's things that need to be healed and, 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 walk, and you got to walk through some stuff. And so... I started a new job. You know, everything was really going well. Well, and in some respects, I did just move on. But then, <laughs> this, I don't, and I can't really remember if it came from my own thoughts or I think there was some outside influence as well. But there's this idea of, hey, whoa, 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 you know, this is part of your life. You know, you can't Addiction. just, yes, yes. You, you just can't move on from this. This has defined you in the past, and and part of it, oh yeah, you know, I just kind of swallowed it and let it be part of and. And then, you know, after, I guess it was two years ago when I read The Freedom All, I thought, it just, it clicked. Why am I letting myself be defined by my past? Exactly. It does, yes. That doesn't make any sense uh, on any level, you know, just just from a, 
but it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. when my eyes were open to that. And I realized it's really okay to move on. Boy, that's, and what you just described is the preference change that we talk about. It's yes. the idea that I can be happier without it and, uh, or moderating it or what, whatever you choose for yourself and, or, you know, adjusting your use, changing your substance. In my case, I, I quit for 20 years. I did the freedom model back in 89 when I met Jer, you know, mm-hmm. the framework was built then and it made sense to me. And, uh, and I was ready. I was ready to just, to just let it go. It was like, it's like we were given permission to not define the rest of our lives by, by a finite period of time, which for me was only six years. Yeah, mine was six years too. You know, I mean, like even then I remember thinking, so like I would meet people at the AA meetings that would, that had been going for 20 or 30 years and now they're in their fifties and I was in my early twenties and I'm thinking, Oh my God. Oh, that's horrifying. Like I, like when I'm in my fifties, am I still going to be coming to these meetings, struggling, like overly dramatic, worrying about drinking, worrying about going back to drug use like that? I did not want any part of that. That made no sense to me. I want to clarify something else because what we used to talk about too, because I was raised Catholic also, and um, was that it was a spiritual malady, Yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you went to a religious based program because there is this idea that it's your spiritually sick. Cause I remember saying, well, I don't have a disease, but I had a spiritual disease or something like oh, that, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. and, um, and we debunked that too. You know, with with over the years, because we had a strong spiritual component, gosh, right up until 2008. Probably probably half the time out of the 30 years, we had some idea that you needed to convert to some sort of spiritual spiritual. belief system. Yeah, but here's what happened. We had a bunch of atheists who did great. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened. What happened was I realized when I did the the follow-up surveys, I just couldn't help the fact that that most people didn't go to a meeting. Yeah. And we had meeting structures in those days, we too. Did. So they we did. They didn't had, go to a meeting. Yeah, they didn't go to meetings. They didn't join a church. They didn't join a church. They didn't do any of that. What they did is they moved on. <laughs> they literally just and, moved on. And so that was that was a crucial component to understand that as, as human beings, we really have all the necessary foundation within us to make decisions. So right. what happens when you actually inject religion itself into it or a spiritual ideal is this idea that it's a struggle. Yeah. That there is a that spir- you're not power that you yourself don't have the power. That's right. And that there's a spiritual warfare going on within you. Well, there can be. If that's sure. if that's what you want. Um, but it's not it's not necessary. It's not part of the decision yeah. not to drink you, or you, use drugs. You simply have the ability to infinitely choose for yourself, which is the power. The power is not willpower. We all have will. Absolutely. Uh, the, the power is in the ability to choose. And when you concentrate on choice instead of concentrating on struggle and, and lack strength. of power and strength, everybody has strength because you're alive. Yeah. The, the will to live exists as long as your heart is beating. It, right. it exists. The life force is there. So from a philosophical point of view, it's very simple. What are you going to choose and what will you be happier doing? Getting hammered every day or not? Right. And now that sounds super simplistic because it is. Mm-hmm. But 
when you have all this other stuff that's been taught to us getting in the way of making those choices for yourself and really analyzing things directly. You know, does heroin satisfy me? Does it do what I think it does for me? Would I be doing better if I wasn't doing heroin? Or would I do better if I didn't drink six drinks tonight? Um, you know, when you get down to that and you've eliminated the disease concept, you've eliminated this idea that it's a strength issue. There is no strength issue. Right. You know, all there is is choices to be made. There is no battle to be had. There are choices to be made. That's one of the lines in the book. So um, that's, that's a big deal. You know, so I have my faith, you know, I and, and I think that this is a great discussion to have. Um, I have my faith. It's mine. It's private. And that relationship exists. And each person, because we're autonomous, has a relationship with whatever they want to have. A whatever with. their belief system yeah. is yeah. on that. And, and that, it's and it's separate. That's right. And and that's where the freedom model sits in regards to faith since that was brought up. So, you know, and we've... Uh, in my conversations, as I've been sort of a PR person over the last year, talking with different people, getting different feedback, being in the South, yes. I've learned quite a bit. You know, you have this this spectrum of religion on one end. You have absolutely the atheist, no belief. Yeah. You, and then you've got the extreme on the other end that says, yeah. Jesus does, it's done. It's everything. It's done, and, and, and you don't ever have, there's nothing that, it's just finished. And if you're struggling, then there's something wrong with you. Right. You're right. not doing something right. And and we saw, we, I've seen some of that, you know, yeah. with some of the churches that I've spoken to. And, and, and people aren't going to like it when I say this, Christians specifically, they're not going to like it when I say, hey, I, I became a believer uh, when I was a junior in high school, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I struggled for another 30 years. Exactly. Can you explain that one? Right. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, here's it's what I know now. Here, here's what I know now. It, it, is, it, is a, it is some balance of two major groups of illusion. And one is I didn't think I was going to be able to enjoy life without drinking yep. or some kind of drugs. And I had, I had this belief system that once always there was some sort, there was this mythology that had crept in over the years. And I think a big chunk of it was that part of that chapter of life of AA and all that sort of stuff that I was getting from different people. But it was, hey, I'm not going to have as much fun if I quit. And quite frankly, I don't think I can quit anyhow because once an addict, always addict. I'm going to struggle the rest of my life. So I got a choice. Yes. I can either be drinking or I can be living in recovery. I, I think I'd rather drink. <laughs> that's and that's, that's, exactly, that's right. exactly correct. And notice that that the, the Christ issue or the God issue is a separate issue because it's a personal relationship that nobody else can define for you. And that's why when you go down the rabbit hole where you're trying to promote a certain religious agenda and couple it with recovery, it falls flat. It always falls flat unless you can convince people about God. You try that on. Try that on. I did it. I tried that. And it fell flat and people were pissed off. And, and I was, because it's not something you can define for somebody. No. That's what the churches are for. If you have a question about faith, there's an infinite number of churches in America. That's their expertise. The freedom model is not a pastor. No. Right? Just like I'm not a doctor detoxing people at my retreat. I would nope. never dare to do that. Nope. Nor would I dare to start to talk to people about what their faith should or shouldn't be or how God pertains to their life. That's not our mission. Nope. Our mission is to allow people to be human and say, in your human capability, were you born with the ability to move past alcohol and drugs? And the answer is unequivocally with all the research, absolutely 100% you can move on with your life. It is not a struggle if you know the facts. Yes. Yes. And I think that's what happened with you. Clearly. All right. I think that's a good place to end that. I think it is, too. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Danny. 
um, let me remind everyone, thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate everyone's support. We have gained uh, unbelievable support over the last several months on social media. Um, for 2020, we're back on schedule, releasing a new podcast every other week. And we will also be resuming our Facebook Live events two times per month, usually on Wednesdays um, at 4 p.m. And you can uh, see that on our Facebook page, the Freedom Model Facebook page. Um, if you or someone you know is seeking help, please call us, 888-424-2626. Or you can reach us through our websites at thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. You can also find us on our social media pages, and our books are available on our website, thefreedommodel.org, and also on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online retailers, as well as on our website. We also have free, we have a bunch of free information. We have free short ebooks. You can see our podcasts. Um, you can see videos on our YouTube channel. All of that can be accessed on the media tab. Yes. the freedommodel.org. There's the, the video vault you'll see there. There's the podcast. It's the Addiction Solution Podcast if you're searching it on Google. Um, so all of that is on the media, on the media tab yes. uh, on the freedommodel.org. Yes, and from everyone here at the Freedom Model, we wish you well. See you next time. Bye, everybody.